We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Pacer fans? I'm excited to be here. Can't wait to get started. Let's go! This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. We're recording this on July 6, 2023, the day that Tyrese Halliburton signed his five-year max extension. I got Michael. The J is for Jairus Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother? Oh, man. Today it just felt real. That press conference, you see Halliburton showing up in the blazer, just talking about This is like what we dreamed of, where it's like, <laughs> we got our guy. He's inked the extension. And now there's nothing that could stop it. And Alex, we found out some good details about yes. this contract that made me feel pretty good. You want to say what those details were? Yeah, so we got a five-year max extension, with which is around $207 million, but he can receive up to 260 which you already know that. However, that five-year max extension has zero player options. So oh, yeah. he can't opt out in the fifth year and you know be an unrestricted free agent. And he's got a 15% trade kicker. So... Shout out Tony East for getting the details on that, putting it out on social media for us to check that out. But thought that was really great to hear because that basically means it's almost going to be impossible to trade Tyrese Halliburton, especially with the way the new CBA is. So the Pacers right now have done a terrific job of locking up their franchise guy and this contract just makes you feel you know like you're on top of the world right now, knowing that this guy is going to be here long-term. Exactly. That had been the question for, for the last few days, ever since they came to an agreement, it was, is there a player option or not? Because sometimes we see players able to negotiate for a player option or, in Bradley Beal's case, a uh, no-trade clause. Yeah. No, there was none of the no-trade clause in this deal, but the Pacers were able to include those all-NBA incentives, and I think that that was enough for Tyrese to say, hey, you know what, I can earn some big-time money here, up to the $260 million that you mentioned, and I'm just happy that the Pacers were able to, you know, come to that agreement and leave out that player option. And you mentioned about that 50% trade kicker. 
that would for sure, you know, raise his, his salary big time for any team that was looking to acquire him or even just, you know, in general, it just felt like the Pacers said, hey, look, say there was ever some scenario that we're moving on, you would be, you know, rewarded for it. And you can't imagine a scenario that the Pacers would ever move on from Tyrese Halliburton. No, not a, not a chance. The way that these guys were, glow, you know, glowing about him and gushing about him. Rick Carlisle, I mean, Rick Carlisle loves this guy, and there's no doubt about oh, yeah. it. Kevin Pritchard does too. Kevin Pritchard, you know, made a great comment basically saying, like, you have great people in this world and you have great basketball players in this world. We have one that's both. We have Tyrese Halliburton. And, you know, Tyrese just being an awesome human being on and off the floor and being so good at basketball is just what what you want from your franchise player. And then just, you know, like Rick Carlisle said, he understands not – only what it means to be the best player on the team, but to be the franchise player, like what you represent, the responsibility that it comes with, it's huge. And so, you know, hearing those two representatives for the Pacers kind of talk about Tyrese and then Tyrese talk about his journey here and him getting super emotional talking about his mom. If you go back and watch the press conference where he's talking about how impactful his mom has been on his career and him getting here, it's hard not to get a little bit choked up yourself just because, you know, we all, you know, the most of us here, know what it's like to have that relationship with our mother and and how special that bond is. And so I think I could just relate to it because I'm close with my mom. I know you're Me close too. with your mom, Fudge. Oh, and yeah. so it's just like, yeah, they're like your biggest supporters, you know? So it was awesome to hear that. Obviously, the rest of his uh, family and his friends were there to support. But Tyrese has had a lot of great things to say, Fachi. And I'm curious if there's a couple of things that stood out to you that made you feel like, man, I love this guy. Oh, yeah. The, the best part of it all was they were talking about Hey, this is six more years for you. And, and Halliburton immediately on the spot said, hopefully a lot more than that. Mm. And I just feel like I can't remember someone in Indiana, like a star player saying that in a while. That made me feel good inside to say, all right, you know what? I want the guy who's saying I'm looking past six years. I want to be a pacer for life. Sure, he might not have said that, but it, it felt like that was, uh, you know, what was implied. And then also, he just really wants to continue to give back to the community. It didn't take Halliburton longer than what felt like a weekend to dive into the community. I remember he immediately started attending high school basketball games. Like You could find him just out in the, in the community, not one of those guys who's going to be spending all of his time in L.A. or anything like that. He wants to be a part of what we're building here, and that makes me feel real good, but also Let's just let's just have it summed up to he wants to get back to winning. He has his own expectations and really feels like the Pacers are building something now that can really start to compete instead of saying those things like, well, you know, we're going to take a day at a time. Like, nope, he wants to go for it. And I think the whole fan base is right behind him. Yeah, and I think the Pacers put themselves in a great spot, too, with how they've kind of rebuilt this roster where they can try to win now but still continue to rebuild by not getting themselves locked into these players long-terms uh, like the Bruce Browns or the Obi Toppins or the guys they brought in and still having that flexibility. But yeah, Tyrese, man, it was just really awesome to see that from him because you could just tell like he wants to be here. He wants to win here. He talked about, I think Greg Doyle asked him like, why Indiana? We've already seen other guys leave this franchise yep. before. Why do you want to stay here? And he said, I'm a Midwest guy. So I personally just feel like at the end of the day, the Pacers got their guy locked up. You said it best, you know, him saying that he wanted to be here, hopefully more than the six years that he signed up for. 
that made me want to run through a brick wall for the guy. Oh, I thought yeah. about you saying something like that. And I was like, man, I'm trying to tweet something out. That's not cringe. Like, I don't want to say I was about to cry when I heard that, but it's like, you know, you got some goosebumps. You just, you start listening to him saying that it just gets you a little bit emotional. Like, man, we've wanted someone to love this franchise that we love it as fans. And we finally have someone that we can gravitate towards in Tyrese Halliburton. So yeah, you know, I'm sorry if I'm a 30-year-old man over here acting like a five-year-old gushing over Tyrese Halliburton wanting to be the face of the franchise. But really, Foch, if you look at it, we have yet to have a true face of the franchise for a decade plus since Reggie Miller. So not saying that Tyrese is going to be here for a decade. We can't predict the future, but it feels like he wants to be. And I don't feel like we've ever felt like such an ringing endorsement from a player about Indiana like we heard from Tyrese Halliburton today. No, it's true. And look, I'm going to come out of left field with a reference from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but I don't know if anybody remembers that emotional episode where Will Smith's dad keeps leaving him, and he he turns to Uncle Phil and he said, why doesn't he want me? Well, you know what? We've gone through that, and this time around, we're getting the love back. Halliburton wants us. He wants to be a pacer. He said, I want to be here. I want to change something. He wants to change the perception of the Indiana Pacers, and it didn't take him long to do that. Yes, the Pacers haven't had the wins to back it up yet. It hasn't been entirely long, but everybody sees what we're building here. They see how fun this team can be, how young and athletic they are. People are starting to say this is going to be one of my favorite league past teams. I can't remember people saying that in the past. It's just there wasn't this flair sexiness to a, a Brogdon to Sabonis. There there just really wasn't. But Halliburton can can make the you know, he can make plays out of thin air. And mm-hmm. and some of his passes are highlights. We're not talking about this man doesn't need a dunk more than once or twice on a year to be able to get on Sports Center quite often with the passes that he makes. So it makes you really appreciate the actual game of basketball, which we've talked about. He is an absolute junkie of and loves the game, and you could see it every night he takes the court. Yeah, for sure. And I will just say this. Before he got up there for his press conference, a lot of the media members and reporters for this team had video Tyrese walking up to the stage. But before that, on the Jumbotron, they had highlights of Tyrese with the Pacers behind Triple H's theme song from WWE. And if you know anything about Tyrese in our intro video that we have, he is rocking a Triple H shirt. So that is one of Tyrese's favorite wrestlers of all time. And if you know that song, it's time to play the game. It's a fun song to like watch. But I think Scott Agnes probably had the best angle of the video because he was able to get Tyrese in there with the highlights a little bit. And Tyrese was just like, you know, really enjoying that moment. And I'm thinking to myself, this is just so cool to see. Like, it's so awesome that we've got this all-star on our team locked up for the next six years. And he wants to win. He wants to be here. And he just embraces this franchise for who we are. He's excited about the players that we have coming in. And I think at the end of the day, Fachi, you're right. He wants to start winning now. And I think we're going to start winning because if you have Tyrese Halliburton on your team, you're instantly better. So the ceiling, I mean, for Tyrese, it's through the roof still. Uh, our good friend, Rhett Bauer, texted me today and said, at the end of this contract, is Tyrese Halliburton the second greatest pacer of all time? And I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm leaning no right now just because there's a lot of great pacers and I don't want to, uh, you know, misspeak on anybody. But in, in six years, we have no idea what heights Tyrese Halliburton can reach. What he's doing already at this point right now at just the age of 23, pretty exciting to think about what he could be doing at the age of 29. 
really is. We, we mentioned it the other day. Alex, if he stays healthy, he breaks Mark Jackson's single season franchise record. He's breaking in it year this year. One. He's breaking year it this year. One. Oh, he's going to shatter it because you can see what he did is he set a Pacers franchise record for assists per game. Yeah. I mean, if this guy's healthy, that record stands no chance. So he feels like your annual all-star. He feels like your future all-NBA player. It's just, and I mean, we're going to get on, we're going to get into next, but this man can recruit. He can recruit. Yes. And the other guy who had a press conference a- afterwards talked about that. But one thing that I think is, is fun to point out is they asked Halliburton, what did it mean to be involved in decisions? And Halliburton said it meant the world to him. And that this is his life. He loves basketball. He's going to be at Summer League supporting the young guys. He wants to be involved in helping. And he feels that he's the one that needs to make it work on the court. He feels that there's a great group of guys that can shock some people, but they have higher expectations and they're going to work hard. So that made me feel like it's like, it's it's not that he's just demanding all this stuff. He wants to be involved. He loves to be involved. And he's putting that pressure on himself to, hey, if you ask for a player, I got to make it work if they get me that player. And that I love to hear. Yeah, Bruce Brown is an exciting young player. I mean, people think that he's a little bit older, but he's only 26 years old. Fits in perfectly with this team. And you could just tell he wants to be a pacer. And I thought it was interesting that only the Knicks and the Pacers were the two teams that he got calls from. Me too. Maybe the Pacers offer was so good. <laughs> After the second phone call that he took, he was like, yep, I'm good. I made my decision. And and Tyrese being a part of that recruitment's huge. I think, you know, we've talked about it before, and I think there was a stat that was out on Twitter, and maybe you just mentioned it, and I didn't hear you because I was reading something, but uh, the efficient field goal percentage in transition. Oh, yeah. You know, Bruce Brown, number two, Tyrese, number three, or vice versa, and Obi Toppin, I think, is number one in that list. So, Yep. All those guys having such efficient field goal percentages in transition is huge for this team. And we have yet to get the confirmation on Obi Toppin's trade, but we do know what the picks are going to be, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I think that knowing that you have a, a team that wants to play fast, play the style that he wants to be a part of, it's cool. And he's been able to play multiple positions throughout his career. So you know that if you want to go smaller, you can do this. If you want to go a little bit bigger, you can play him at the two. They're, He's a very versatile player, even though he's only six foot four. He plays much bigger than his height and his size. So I think overall, Bruce Brown, uh, there's been a lot of discussion on local radio on how they go about figuring out this rotation. Uh, we've debated on it. We'll probably do that later in, in the next week or something like that, talking about how all these guys are going to find minutes and who's going to start and who's not. But I think Bruce Brown being the highest paid pacer right now for this season He's going to get a lot of playing time, and he's going to showcase why the Pacers were so aggressive in bringing him here. And I think overall, you could just tell that Pritchard and, and Carlisle were very excited to have him. And it wasn't like some kind of show they were putting on. Like, no, they were very happy to give this guy $20 plus million because he's a really smart basketball player that's going to make this team that much better. And he's not going to make them a championship-level team. He's going to make them a, a, a higher-floor team, and that's huge for what the Pacers can get in free agency with the amount of players that were out there and that re-signed with the teams that they were already on. So um, I think Bruce Brown was a great get for the Pacers. And yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. We talked about it already in depth about what he can bring to the team, but just hearing him talk, knowing he's going to pick number 11. Uh, I forgot that Tristan Thompson were number 11 for like three games yeah. after we traded Sabonis. So it's like that number has been worn now three times in like the last year, a uh, year and a half. Um, by three different guys so pretty cool 
Yeah, they said the Pacers were looking for toughness. They were looking for a defense. And they were looking for winning. And that Bruce Brown's name kept coming to the top. They got this deal done very quickly. Obviously, I was surprised when he said he only had two calls, but maybe it just shows that how quickly this deal really did get done. And I yeah. think that, you know, I don't remember who was asking him what made him pick the Pacers. Obviously, Bruce Brown was not going to say money. <laughs> you know, he said, you know, hey, I like what they're building over here. Here, you know, uh, take steps forward, and that the Pacers basically said Bruce was their number one target. He was their number one. We believe and, it. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. They always tend to say those things. So number one target you know, once like, Harrison Barnes resigned with the exactly. Kings. That is exactly <laughs> how I took it. Where it's like I think Harrison Barnes might have been number one target. You pivoted quickly. So technically, that statement is true. But this is someone who played under Jim Laranega at Miami who has ties to Rick Carlisle. So uh, Jim recruited Carlisle to UVA. So I feel like Carlisle was getting that scoop on Bruce Brown and what kind of player he is. And I always love when players get that real behind the scenes of who you're getting. And they got someone that immediately wanted to go to work, was asking Carlisle. They went out to dinner, said, hey, yes. I want to work out tomorrow. 6.30 in the morning. In the morning. He was in the gym. Yeah, exactly. Big difference at 6.30 p.m. That could tell you a lot about someone. But between Jeff uh, dra uh, drafting Jairus Walker, who wanted to get out there and work out, and signing Bruce Brown, who wanted to work out immediately, these are guys that are not taking this opportunity for granted. They're getting to work. We keep hearing these stories about players that want to do that. I think this is kind of the new mold of the, you know, the Pacers are trying to go after. I think so. Get guys that want to work. Get guys that want to continue to get better and improve and aren't divas. Sorry if that offends people by saying that, but don't get out, go out there and get guys that are kind of stuck on themselves, but get guys that are in love with the game of basketball because you can tell when a guy loves the game of basketball versus they love being a basketball player and getting paid millions of dollars. It's just some are basketball junkies and some are not. So I think at the end of the day, the Pacers have identified players that want to work hard, that will be more of a team player willing to take more of a sacrifice to the betterment of the team. And that's what they've addressed here with Bruce Brown, which is why I don't think it's a lock that he starts. But I, like I said, we'll debate that later because I don't think he's going to be like, I demand to start. I'm making the most money. I think, no, I got my money. I'm here to work hard. Whatever you ask me, coach. That's how I feel. I think Jairus Walker, same way. Tyrese Halliburton came in here, ready to work from day one. You can tell he's added on muscle. He's looking a little bit heavier than he used to. This is a guy that wants to get, stronger and better overall so yeah i think it just starts with tyrese and works its way down and if tyrese was that pivotal in recruiting bruce brown and the paces were able to give him that nice of a contract then hey smart move by both sides and i'm glad to hear that, that relationship is so strong between bruce and tyrese tyrese the recruiter we felt that he was the one that could make the change and get guys to indiana it starts with Bruce Brown. I can't wait to see who it might end with one day. But Halliburton playing for Team USA, that's an opportunity to you know make some great relationships. Yes, sir. And I feel that as the Pacers start to win, winning is going to speak pretty loudly. Right now, when you're you know across the league, they might not see the Pacers as this major threat. But if the Pacers are to get to the playoffs. That's going to be a lot of eyes on this team and exposure. And I think that that's going to help long-term get better talent to Indiana. But for right now, even Rick Carlisle you know, labeled Bruce Brown as a huge free agent signing. 
And I know some people might have been looking for a bigger splash, but for what the Pacers were looking for in terms of you know looking to improve defensively, bring in winning, and someone that can be effective in transition, Bruce Brown checks all those boxes. Absolutely, Fox. Well, let's transition now because we finally got the information that we needed to know about the Chris Duarte trade. We knew it was going to happen, and it's really funny because when we were recording this, I kept saying, well, they got two second-round picks for him. And we're like, well, why do you keep saying that? We haven't got confirmation. Well, luckily for me, I was right by guessing. Um, and honestly, I think what I did, Fachi, is I knew that we acquired Obi Toppin for two second-round picks. I figured the asking price had to be about the same for Chris yeah. Duarte, maybe even less. And here's what I love about this trade. The Pacers will receive Dallas's 2028 second-round pick and Sacramento's 2030 second-round pick for Chris Duarte. Uh, this is per Dustin Dopirek and a trade that has yet to be announced. Woj also tweeted this out, but Dustin also got the scoop on the Knicks. He said, Knicks will receive the least favorable of the Pacers and Suns 2028 second-round pick, as well as the least favorable of the Pacers and Wizards 2029 second-round pick for Obi Toppin. So the Pacers get two second-round picks with no least favorable, and they give up two second-round picks that will be the least favorable of those picks. So that is really exciting to hear, in my opinion, because now the Pacers have a little bit of uh, you know, leverage with those picks still. So awesome reporting by Dustin to get those details that we have been longing for for so long. But Chris Duarte, if you look at it from just like we talked about, from a two-picks perspective, doesn't look great. But in all reality, what this deal is, is Obi Toppin for Chris Duarte. Exactly. And when you put it that way, you cleaned up a bit of the rotation and – build in a position of need power forward so i think a lot of people if you're to put them up against each other would probably say give me obi Toppin at the four where we're very thin at compared to the two three spots where we got a lot of talent right now and it's hard to come across those minutes especially after bringing bruce brown in so about those second round picks also i like the fact that they are down the line 2028 and 2030 who knows what the dallas mavericks and the kings are going to be like compared to getting shorter-term second-round picks. Like, for instance, if any of those picks were next year, it wouldn't be appealing because the Pacers already have a pretty full roster that what's the odds that they look to bring in another second-round pick when we know they already have two first-round picks coming in for next year, as of now. So I just felt like a good job to, you know, have those future assets that could become more appealing. We'll see what happens with those. Yes, Guys, we do have roughly seven, you know, five to seven years to find out who those picks may be or who even ends up getting those picks. But for now, short term, I think it's pretty much what we expected. Two second round picks. I think one second round pick would have been a bit of a tough pill to swallow. And I think the odds of getting a protected first round pick for Duarte was probably just a fantasy. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. What is Dallas going to look like in 2028? Is Luka Doncic going to be on that team? I think it could be a nice pick. And then Sacramento in 2030, that's seven years away. Like the Kings franchise has notoriously been not good. I know that they've kind of revived it quite a bit with the Sabonis and, and De'Aaron Fox and their extensions. But at that point, they'll be in the middle of, you know, the middle to the end of their careers in 2030. So, you know, it's honestly like a, a nice pick to have right here. Now you can also combine another picks. We've seen how second round picks have been thrown left and right anymore. And I think the Pacers just continue to add ammunition to what they're trying to do. And I think they acquired two picks that were better than the two picks they gave up. So once again, 
just another slam dunk move by the Pacers. And I know a lot of Knicks fans, I was actually listening to Locked On Knicks talk about Obi Toppin. And they basically were just like, you know, when you have Tom Thibodeau as your coach is what you should expect. Young guys that get buried on the bench that don't really get a chance to prove themselves. They said, look, he's a got to be a much better on-ball creator, and he's got to be a much better defender if he goes to Indiana. And if he isn't, then, you know, Tibbs can prove Knicks fans right that Obi Toppin was not as good as advertised. But if he goes here and flourishes, it might be egg on their face for the Knicks giving up on him so early. But they talked about how Obi Toppin was only used as pretty much a spacer on the floor. Didn't really get a chance to be more than a 3 and D kind of guy without the defense. So I really think that the Pacers are going to put Obi Toppin in, in the right positions to be the best version of himself. And that might be more involved in pick and roll. And I think, you know, we talked about it when we talked about Obi Toppin. You said that you don't think Obi's a five. Well, they were talking about when they did play Julius Randle and Obi Toppin together and Obi was the five, that they actually had a little bit of a nice tandem there when it happened. It didn't happen very often because uh, Tibbs was very adamant about having a rim protector out there. But I think John Hollinger on the Hollinger uh, guest appearance on the low post, he talked about maybe playing Obi as a small ball five with this Pacers team and the pace they want to play. So maybe it wasn't something we thought about early on, but maybe this kind of helped clean up the rotation a little bit if they want to just play three bigs and not play any of the centers behind Miles Stern, if they want to allow Obi Toppin to get some run of the small ball five. Cool. Our fifth center. Now we have a lot of centers right now, hey, but yeah. Might be I, better Obi, than the other options we have. It, yes. I, I think that that's an interesting experiment. Look, I'm all for it. Six foot nine for Obi. I mean, hey, you know, that's taller than Daniel Tice. So uh, I think at <laughs> wow, that point. Wow, got to throw jabs at all the I short mean, guys. You know, come on. But look, I, I'd be interested to see something like that. So it's interesting to see that, you know, maybe as a small ball five, because not a lot of people like him at the three. So I, I do think having him as a small ball five does create an option. And I think eventually the Pacers will clean up that center rotation a bit. But Alex, you know, if you take a look at our YouTube channel, I think more Knicks fans tuned in to our OB episode than, than any fan base has tuned in before <laughs> because they were extremely passionate about how we got a good one and they gave up on one for, for not too much. So there was a lot of comments. Mm-hmm. On that episode, there might have been 75, 80 comments or so, and a lot of them were Knicks fans. So they very much know and admitted, hey, we got the, the better end of the deal. And part of that is because they have not developed or emphasized that young talent because Tibbs does love to run the starters a lot. I think the Pacers are going to play Obi to his strengths. If you know, by the, the Rick Carlisle press conference, you could see that they know why they got Obi, and they mentioned. There was two players that they targeted. They said the other guy is one that we can't speak on yet. That was Obi Toppin. So clearly he was a priority of the Pacers. This wasn't a, a trade that fell into their laps. They wanted him. And I'm sure they knew firsthand after what Obi did to the Pacers back in April. Okay, once the season ends, let's go out and get this guy. And I'm happy that it did. Yeah, so I don't know if you noticed in Tyrese's interview, he kind of hinted at you know some players coming in. I thought he was strictly talking about Obi Toppin. So did I. But some fans said guys. Are, yes. Of guy. so, so some fans are speculating that maybe there's somebody else out there. Um, I'm not going to speculate because I have no idea what's going on. I still think that there's moves to be made because, yes, there's too much of a log jam still at the guard in the center position. And I do think that they want to probably open up a roster spot to at least bring George Hill back to be kind of a veteran leader for this team. So 
Yeah, I would not be surprised if we see another trade happen. Uh, some teams might be willing to take on a player that we have with one of their trade exceptions. There's also teams that still have a little bit of cap space. Um, I'm keeping my eyes on Milwaukee. This is a team the Pacers have traded with a few different times now, going back to the Brogdon trade and the Jordan Mora trade. They only have one point guard now with Javon Carter leaving in free agency. Uh, Drew Holiday's there. And then, of course, the other point guard they had was George Hill, who was traded. I'm trying to think if they had a third string point guard besides uh, Javon. But I know that right now they only have one point guard on the roster, and that's Drew Holiday. And you kind of have to wonder, could they have their eyes set on someone like T.J. McConnell? Which could make some sense for them because T.J. torched them last year and is a really good player. And I think he'd be a really good backup for a team trying to be that super competitive team that they are. So um, just throwing this out there, I talked with our good friend Ty Windish, who covers the Bucks, um, and their Euro Step podcast is what that's called. He's been on our show before, and he said that he thought it was interesting. And so there's a way you could look at it. Um, Grayson Allen is an expiring contract. You could do a swap for that. Um, if you also wanted to throw like Pat Connaughton in the deal instead of Grayson Allen, because Pat's got two years on his deal, don't know if the Pacers want to do that, but we have seen Detroit take on a lot of different contracts and not make a lot of sense with what they're doing. So you could do a three-team trade where we get Alex Burke, Alec Burks on the Pacers as a guy that could end up being like a third-string guard. That's an expiring contract as well. Just throwing that out there as an idea. But I feel like good chance that we see another trade where they could maybe create a roster spot, Fudge. Yeah, my only thing is if the Pacers end up dealing McConnell and then they take back Alec Burks, then you still are swapping a guard for a guard. So, But you'd probably be more apt to waive a guy like Alec Burks? Yeah, yeah. Than TJ McConnell. Oh, oh there, there's no way the Pacers would waive McConnell. In. No. Even then, I, I still think he's someone that – I think this is probably his last year in Indiana. I know there's two years on the books. That um, year after this year is only partially guaranteed. But I feel like – this is McConnell kind of leading Nemhard and some of the other guys into this and then saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you the salute and I'm going on probably trying to join a veteran team. I think the Pacers would look to send him to a contender, but a team like the Bucks would love TJ McConnell. Yeah. McConnell would, would bring so much to them. And I truly do think would make them a better team for right now. If the Pacers are, not to bring in George Hill, it does help to have a real veteran like TJ McConnell on the roster because this Pacers team is still very young. Think think about this, George Hill, James Johnson, those were the veterans. They're no longer there. And I know Duarte wasn't a, wasn't an old man, but he wasn't a young man either. Oh, come on. So, you know, he's no longer here. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that in there. But look, I, I think for now the Pacers, they could – move McConnell but I don't think they do I do think this is his last year on the Pacers though yeah it's interesting I just I mean he could be your third string point guard going into the year but will he want to be that will Carlisle be able to keep him off the floor I doubt that either so I don't think so yeah yeah that's kind of where it gets tough I think you might have to force Carlisle's hand and like not play McConnell but it's not saying McConnell's like not worthy of being played because he's really good like he really proved his worth last year and they were better a lot of times when him and Nemhard played together. So I don't know. I just feel like this is way too crowded of a backcourt. We'll talk about that. But overall, I think all the moves and hearing from the front office was great today just to kind of hear what they had to say about the deals. And now that they're official, it feels even better because now, you know, it's just a matter of time before we see them in a Pacers uniform. But we got summer league action Saturday night, 5G, 8 p.m. We got the Wizards versus the Pacers, the battle of the draft day trade. Jairus Walker versus Bilal. Kulabali. Um, 
Anything that you want to touch on real quick before we sign off about Summer League? Yeah, just look, I'm really excited. Uh, we hear all about Keegan Murray just lighting it on fire. I mean, Making I you mad, like, isn't it? I think he had like 39 or 40 points last night. Just like looks like one of those guys that does not belong. I think Benedict Matherin could be in that same category. I think Benedict Matherin could be one of those guys that just kills the summer league and really makes a name for himself. And I want him to have that opportunity. But also, Andrew Namhart, Isaiah Jackson, Kendall Brown, those are the veterans for the Pacers in terms of guys returning to summer league. Kendall Brown, this surprised me a little bit. Says his, uh, I believe it was his, his tibia, he had a fractured tibia, said that he's it's been clear 100% for three weeks now. I thought I was like, whoa, only three weeks? I really hope that's something that doesn't have any sort of setback. But I really want to see Kendall Brown unleashed in Summer League. That's someone that I'm hoping has the potential to stick around with the Pacers. But what do you think his leash is? Is there any scenario where if Kendall Brown falls on his face, do you think the Pacers could move on in Summer League? Don't know yet. I mean, it's it's tough to say. I think they want to bring him back on that third two-way option. They haven't mm-hmm. signed that contract yet with him yet. Um, I think they still have his bird rights, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he's a guy that I think they invested in last year with the draft pick, so they're going to probably bring him back on a two-way deal once again and, and just kind of see what he can do. Like I, I think they'll slowly work his way into it. I don't think he'll start. I think your starters are going to be Nimhard, Mather, and Shepard, Jairus Walker, and Isaiah Jackson. And you're yep. going to see Kendall Brown probably with Isaiah Wong and Oscar Shibway and Mojave King. Like that's your probably your your top nine right there, which is a pretty solid nine for your summer league team. So yeah, I think he's going to get some opportunity. Maybe he starts once the, the the veteran guys that were there last year don't play that actually got some playing time in the NBA. So yeah, I think Kendall Brown is an interesting prospect and in, in continuing to try to prove what he can bring to the table because of last year's kind of being washed away because of the injuries. Yeah. So. It's a little bit of a bummer for him, but you know, there's a lot of guys I'm excited to see. But overall, just ready to see the Pacers back in action. I have missed watching Benedict Matherin put the ball in the hoop. Janera Pargo was on the radio and he talked with Kevin and Query about how they want to allow Ben to be more of a, a guy that has a ball in his hands and and be that ISO scorer, which we know that he can be, but they also want to see him become more of a playmaker. So this will be a good sample size to see if he can be that ISO scorer that has a ball in his hands, but also gets others involved too. So keep an eye on that. And other than that, it's summer league. Don't read into it too much. It's going to be fun. Just enjoy it for what it is. And we'll, we'll get excited about what we see from our rookies and stuff like that. But don't, uh, don't freak out because it's summer league at the end of the day. Yeah. There's always those overreactions in summer league. Last year it was Aaron Neesmith. I don't know about this guy, you know, well, you know what? He ended up looking much better in the regular season. Summer league was a little bit tough for him, but Isaiah Jackson is the other guy I have my eyes on. He really talked about how he he welcomed this opportunity with open arms. He says he's really been, you know, spending the last few months improving on his jump shot. And, you know, he's he's really excited for that. Read that just 13.2% of Isaiah's attempts over his last, uh, you know, over his first two seasons came from outside of 10 feet. So I really want to see him take some chances in summer league he said that he feels he's getting more comfortable with pick and roll mid-range game so i like to see a little bit more because this is where you want to experiment we don't need isaiah jackson taking a bunch of threes or, or deep twos in the regular season but let's see what you got right now so other than that jarris walker all eyes on him this is really where if there's one player you want to see 
excel. I think it's Jarris Walker because you feel like you know what you got in Ben McMatherin, Andrew Nemhard. Look, Isaiah Jackson, it'd be nice to see him go out there and play well, but Jarris Walker is the guy that you want to see really make an impact. And if it if it takes him a little bit of time, that's fine. But I would love to have a positive overreaction for Jarris Walker against the Wizards saying, they made me wear that Wizards hat, and I didn't want to. I'm an Indiana Pacer. You're going to get it tonight. Man, Pacha got the best of both worlds on that draft night, seeing Jairus yeah. Walker in a, Wizards, in a Wizards hat. But with that I being said, for him. <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting to see your Wizards jersey. But with that being <laughs> said, Fachi, go ahead and let the people know where they can find us at on social media quickly. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok setting the pace and alex tell them where they could check us out on youtube uh, ladies and gentlemen go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of pacers podcast where you can check out our latest videos the reaction to obi top and being traded to the pacers and bruce brown jr that video is up as well and i'm going to upload the christy Duarte conversation here shortly so make sure you guys check that out if you want to see our beautiful faces on there but Fachi, if you're excited for the pacers to dominate in summer league under benedict matherin then hit me with those three words let's go pacers Going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.